know that please know that classroom individuals um, will not be on film. So you know that we are protecting the privacy of your students. Welcome, my name is Maria Desmondi, and I am the publisher here at Cardinal Rule Press. I am zooming in from Michigan, and I am more than thrilled to be joined by these talented artists today. We have Scott, Pauline, and Pat. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. But I will share with you that I went digging through my children's bedrooms this morning and our family library shelf to find some of our favorite books. That's why I they weren't on my shelf. They were in the kids' rooms. Um, I have one, one of our books from Scott Campbell here, Hug Machine, which we'll get to hear about today. I have another one illustrated by Scott here called Skulls. Um, this is a Michigan author, Kelly DiPuccio, um, that Scott got to participate. Wasn't there a second book for this one too, Scott? Oh, you're muted. Should I, should I keep myself unmuted or is this? Yep, you can keep yourself unmuted. Yes, that would be great. Yeah, the, the sequel is called Zombie 2 Plus 1. They, they have a baby. They find a baby on their doorstep and they take care of it. Oh, and Zombie in Love is like one of my all-time favorite picture books. I love that book. Man, so thank fun. you so much. <laughs> and Pat, a great story. Be strong. Just one of your many. Oh, excuse me. And then we also have Pauline who has a book coming out in just a few days here. So without further ado, I am going to go ahead and ask our panelists to introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit, especially where you're zooming in from in the world and um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your work. Let's start with, start with Scott, please. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott. Um, I am here in Los Angeles, California and um, in my bedroom right now. And uh, I, as you, she like, um, you're kind enough to to show some of the books. Like this is, um, so I've been I've been illustrating books for about maybe 10, 15 years. Um, and this is one that I wrote um, called Hug Machine. Um, and uh, but mostly I've been doing a lot of illustrating of books. Like this was Sleepy the Goodnight Bunny with the Drew Daywalt, who did the Day the Crayons Quit. East Dragon, West Dragon is another one about. Uh, might chat about this but then uh, i also have things like uh i like to um do interactive things with children and adults um uh so this is like a little guided a guided sketchbook called adventures in drawing am i backwards do I, does this look backwards no, no. It, i can read it yeah. maybe that's so that i can okay Anyway, so uh, yeah, I've been doing uh, illustrating for a long time. Um, I've been, um, I worked in video games for a long time. I did educational video games um, many years ago and then designed for video games and film um, in, in my other time. That I spent. That's fantastic. I and um, we'll ask you some more questions about your design work and, um, you know, where you like to illustrate in a little bit. So thank you, Scott, zooming in from the other side of the country. Pat, welcome. Hi, um, I'm Pat. I'm here from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm like in my dining room and um, I have 20 books that I've done for kids. Um, the one about friendship that is probably the most friend centric is when I'm with you and Eliza Wheeler did the art, but that's all about like having a best friend. Um, then I've got The Quickest Kid in Clarksville, which is about becoming friends with somebody that maybe you didn't think you liked all that much when you first met them. And Frank Morrison did the art for that one. And I've got Sophie Squash, which is about falling in love and becoming friends with, you know, an actual vegetable of butternut squash. And Ann Wilsdorf was the artist for that one. Um, 
and I've just always loved telling stories and sharing them with other people. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And you are not far from me in Michigan. You're in Wisconsin. And Pauline, welcome. Hi, I'm here in Brooklyn, New York. I'm in my home studio. I angled the computer so you only see the clean corner of it and not the messiness of the rest of it. Um, I was a teacher for many years and a school administrator, and now I'm a writer of plays for grownups and books for kids. Um, But first, I'm going to just also do what Maria did. I looked through some of our favorite books and guess what I found? Oh, <laughs> so these are big favorites. And Scott, this one is even signed from one time when you were in Brooklyn. So we are very happy to. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Show, me and my now eight-year-old. You. Great. So, um, but we as a family totally adore both of those books. So I'm so excited to be with you guys today. Um, I am the author of Everything in Its Place, which was illustrated by Chanel Pinkney Barlow, which is about a shy kid who hides out in her school cafeteria during recess or her school library during recess um, until she's inspired by the members of a diverse women's motorcycle club to have the courage to step out and make friends. And I'm very excited to say that I'm the author of the very forthcoming Time Machine with Cardinal Roll Press, which is about a kid who wants to build a time machine not to go back to ancient Egypt or to visit King Arthur's court, but to go back to last Thursday, because that's the day she said something really unkind to her friend. And apologizing is so hard that who knows, maybe building a time machine would be easier. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All these introductions, you know, we're going to jump right in and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the theme of today is childhood relationships and friendships. And a big question that I have for our panelists and our creatives today is what are some of the traits? What are some of the things that you look for in a good friend? And you can point to one of your books and you can talk about an example of one of your books. You can show that. But what is it that you look for in a friend? I know this is something that's really important for children at the beginning of the school year, which, you know, they're all making new friends, maybe even breaking up with old friends. But right now there's a big focus on friendship in schools. And so let's dive in. Okay. I like, um, I guess I'll, I, I guess I could start. I, um, I, um, I, I like to laugh a lot and, um, I like to spend time with people, um, who, um, make me laugh and then we can just have a lot of fun together. Um, so even, even when there's times that are really tough, um, I think it's nice to have someone that can make you feel good and feel happy, um, um, and just be there for you. I so love that. that. That's my one of my favorite traits. That's wonderful. And I wonder if everyone tuning in right now can think of a friend that makes them laugh. And this is an easy one for me. I have a friend named Danielle, and she makes me laugh so hard. Sometimes I cry from my eyes and my belly hurts from laughing so hard. So if everyone can think of a friend who makes them laugh, I see some people giving me a thumbs up. Awesome. All right. Another character trait from what we find in a good friend, Pauline or Pat. Well, okay. I think a good friend is somebody that just makes everything better when they're hanging around you. Like some people just make you feel better about life in general, about yourself. You know, they really see you. And when I was writing um, When I'm With You, the first line of it is, there's something that I've noticed. Perhaps you've seen it too. Life is so much better when it's me and you. And I, I think that if there's somebody who just makes your life better because they're around, that's you know a really good friend. And Pat, can you think of someone in your life currently that matches well, that trait? 
I have a twin sister um, and she lives in Michigan as well. And so I'm in Wisconsin and we're about eight hours apart because you've got to go around the bottom of the lake to get there. But she makes my life better just by being around. Um, And, you know, we've been together from, you know, day one and she just gets me. That's awesome. Very cool. Who's older? Um, I'm 10 minutes older and I don't let her forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Older and wiser. All right. Thank you, Pat. How about you, Pauline? Um, I think there are two things. I think one is I'm a big introvert. So somebody who's um, both a good listener and also is going to ask questions um, because I think I can sometimes be a little bit shy about sharing about myself and then going hand in hand with that, somebody who's going to be willing to open up and be vulnerable and share about themselves and to get you know deeper than just the, what did you do today conversation? Fantastic. I love that. You know, one of the things that I thought about um, as you were all talking um, in the time machine that is um, Pauline's book, um, you know, apologizing is really hard. And as an adult, as a mom, I have found that my daughter, my firstborn, Ruby, she has taught me to apologize. Isn't that interesting? And so I think even grownups can have be part of this conversation and important values. Grownups have friends and we look for things in friends as well. And I'm so thankful that someone at has taught me the importance of apologizing at the age of 45. So um, I, I think we can always be learners, whether we're children or adults. And I have to say, we have a lot of aspiring writers in here. Um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, they must be big fans of those who are speaking today. So that's awesome. Well, we're going to move into the next part. I want you to show some examples of friends in your stories and tell us what's happening in that part of the story. This might be something, it was on the agenda in some way, shape, or form. Um, so I, I, I appreciate our panelists for kind of going with this next one. But we love visuals. So show us an example of something that's happening in one of your books that relates to friendship. Well, I mean, I've got one. Okay, so this is Be Kind. Um, and it's a story about this this girl over here who's having just a really bummer of a day. Her name's Tanisha, and she spills grape juice all over the front of her dress. And then this character over here wants to do something nice because they know Tanisha's having a bad day. But, you know, they try something and it doesn't work the way they want it to. And I think life is like that sometimes. You have good intentions. You do something that you hope will be kind. And then the other person maybe doesn't take it the way you want it. And so then this kid has to regroup and, and they start asking, well, what does it mean to be kind? And they start going through like all these ideas in their mind. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, what should I have done instead? What could I have tried? Um, and it doesn't end up with like one perfect answer, but if you read the book, it gets you thinking about what are the different ways you could be kind um, and you know, what might work. And I've heard from a lot of classrooms where they read the book and done a lot of brainstorming and they've come up with some like really amazing ideas. And I think it's just important to, to want to be kind and to want to try. And if it doesn't work out the way you thought to kind of go, all right, well, then I'm going to try something else and not just give up. So that's that book. Thank you, Pat. And I really appreciate the fact that you shared um, that what might seem kind to one person may seem a little bit different for another person. So as you mentioned, classrooms, being able to have that conversation and let's set expectations of what does kind look like in our classroom um, could be a really great activity to do with your book. Thank you. Scott or Pauline? Sure. Um, Well, first of all, I neglected to mention that Malkia Smith is the illustrator of the time machine. She did such a beautiful job and 
the picture that I wanted to show you was on this page. This is right after Bailey. This is Bailey has said the thing that made Nia really upset. And um, I think that Melkia really did a great job of showing here the misunderstandings that happen in friendship and how hurt both of these kids are feeling. And that this is sometimes what happens, right? Relationships are complicated and you can love people very much. And sometimes things happen and you're both feeling hurt and you're sort of stuck, not quite sure how to get out of that situation. And so in this moment, they're both feeling bad. Nia is walking away and Bailey has to figure out how she's going to repair that relationship. Mm. And and a key word that you shared there is repair. So remember, boys and girls listening, that tools are meant to build and fix. And so it's just like in relationships, we can build a relationship and sometimes we have to fix a relationship too. What a great takeaway. Scott. Well, I would I was thinking the most appropriate uh, of my books to talk about friendship is this uh, the East Dragon and West Dragon is written by Robin Eversall, and it's the story of two dragons that live on opposite sides of the world. And they are very scared of each other and also don't think highly of each other because they've never really met. So um, one um, one dragon thinks the other one is a slob. The other one thinks the other one is a snob. And so they kind of go through life not wanting to meet each other, also very scared of each other because they don't understand each other so eventually when they finally do meet they're still scared of each other but then um, they get into trouble one the dragon gets into trouble and needs help and they help each other and then they finally meet and they they look at each other and they see like ah oh, um, these differences aren't that scary and they're actually pretty wonderful and we can kind of come together and enjoy our differences and kind of get a lot from that no um and kind of become friends and and enjoy what what we can each bring to a friendship um, that isn't like what you normally are used to. So wonderful. Um, what a boring world it would be if we were all exactly alike. What a boring yeah. world it would be. I know. Yeah. It's much better to have differences and embrace those differences. So that's that's a good, I think a good good aspect of friendship. Scott, do not put that book away because you are the person we're asking a question next. We're going to dive into inspiration. I want you to pull that book out again. Oh, me? Yeah. Tell us about your creative process. You are an illustrator and author, but tell us about, like, how did you design these dragons? Well, one of my favorite things to do when I have a project is to research which means you kind of go to the library or go online and look up everything you can about the subject that you are going to illustrate. And so I collect so many pictures of, of dragons and different cultures and things that might give me ideas. So I just have piles and piles of things that I can look through and pull from because I know you never know what will give you inspiration. So and then I I personally really like to be away from my house. I like to be away from my studio when I'm creating ideas and writing. I like to be around people. So I like to go to coffee shops and just work at my table um, with everyone else around me kind of talking and chatting and having a nice time. And like that energy gives me a, a kind of happiness and comfort to help me kind of um, write and kind of come up with ideas. And, and I just like drawing on lots of pieces of paper. So the way I like to work is I like, I don't have a sketchbook or anything. I just have pieces of paper that I take from my printer 
Um, and I just draw all over this, um, just, just doodle all over it because it takes the pressure off of me because sometimes a blank piece of paper is very intimidating. So for me, I just have to start writing things. And I also have a little notebook and every day um, I, I spend the morning writing for like a few minutes, just writing just what comes into my head about anything, free writing, you know, um, just maybe what my day is going to be like and something will turn into something else. And then just like where I'll write the word rock and then I'll start drawing some things that just makes me, that makes what me, rock makes me think of and some stories and things. So, um, so it's, I guess it's a variety of things of gathering reference and then um, looking at uh, just kind of ways to kind of loosen up your mind so you can start thinking of something and just start just having a good time. Cause it's about having fun. That's the most important thing. It really is. And thank you for sharing that. One of the really neat things that I, I got from that is you can get a notebook at the dollar store. So mm -hmm. it is not an expensive piece of equipment and you are writing, you're loosening up your brain. I also think it's really fascinating that in today's day, you are still using a piece of paper. And I am always discouraging my son from taking the computer paper and telling him, go with your sketchbook. I may not do that anymore because <laughs> I see the harm that could cause. Um, no, there's, I don't think there's a harm in that. But I think <laughs> sketchbooks are wonderful. I think that's great for people to have it together and have your special place <laughs> to draw. But for me personally, I, I needed that's a pressure that I needed to take off myself. Yeah, but that's, you know, and especially the learning environment. I used to be a teacher and, you know, we like the classroom to be very quiet when it's writing time, but everyone learns differently. And I once interviewed an author who had headphones on when she was doing her writing for her, um, it was a middle, middle age uh, novel. And she listened to really loud rock and roll with people yelling and screaming to be able to write. So wow. it's different for everyone. Some people need quiet, some people need noise. So thank you for sharing your process with us. It's fascinating. All right, so now we're gonna go over to Pat or Pauline. What would you like to share with us as far as your inspiration or kind of dive into maybe what inspires you and then how do you take that into your process of writing and creating? Do you wanna go, Pauline? Sure. Um, well, it's funny because the time machine came about in a very different way than some of my other pieces of writing. I'm usually very inspired by nonfiction, by things I learn about the world. Um, my first picture book came about because I friends with some people who are in a women's motorcycle club. And I started thinking how cool that was. Um, and a lot of the plays that I've written have been inspired by real life people. And I get ideas when I read the newspaper and when I read magazines. But with the time machine, it was very different. I have two writer friends who also write picture books. And we were uh, we had decided that in order to inspire each other to write more drafts, we were going to um, alternate giving a prompt to each other for over a couple of weeks and then share the work that we had produced. And I usually don't like writing to a prompt. And if it hadn't been that they were friends of mine, I probably would have said no thanks. But because I like them and I said, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And one of the prompts that one of my friends gave was write a picture book that involves a machine. And I thought, oh, I can't do this. I don't really like machines. I'm not like a, you know, and then I started thinking, oh, and kids really like construction vehicles and stuff. And I don't know anything about that. I can't possibly, what, what kind of machine? The only machine that I would want in my life 
is a time machine for all the times when I say something dumb or I do something that I wish I hadn't done and then I could go back in time. And that's how the time machine first draft got started. And the first lines of the time machine came out of that feeling of, yeah, not a time machine to go back to ancient Egypt, not a time machine to go back to King Arthur's court, a time machine to go back to last Thursday. Um, so that was a fun moment of having other writers inspire me just by giving a prompt and getting me to sort of break out of my usual routine. Wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. It is so neat. And I know there's a lot of teachers tuning in who are looking at their students and winking their eyes because we don't always want to do what our teacher tells us to do, but a story can definitely come out of some of these different prompts. Thank you for sharing, Pauline. Yeah, and I get like a lot of my ideas from um, watching and listening. I think if you're someone who notices all the weird, quirky things that go on in life, you're probably a really good creator in some way, because like I'll notice little tiny things and go, I could do something with that. Um, and so a lot of my books are inspired by like little things I saw in life, like like this one, What Can You Do With The Rock? And Scott had mentioned rocks. This was inspired by my youngest daughter, who also inspired Sophie Squash. Um, she went through a period where we had rocks like all over our house, like they were under her bed, they were on the steps, they were lining the windowsills. And wherever we went, she would come home with like a pocket full of rocks. And she didn't care so much about like, you know, whether they were igneous, metamorphic or sedimentary, she didn't care what their Latin name was. She didn't, you know, she just liked the way they looked and they felt and, you know, and so she's now 21 and in college and I still have a box of her favorite rocks in my house. And so I came up with this idea, what can you do with the rock? And it's a kid who like my daughter just loves rocks and it's going through with, you know, all the things you can do with rocks. You can drop them, you can skip them, you can wish on them, you can hold them, they can make you feel better. Um, and then at the end, I have all the like the sciencey information for, for people who are into that kind of thing. And Katie Kopp did the art and, and was just amazing. And like Scott said, she went out like into the world and like studied rocks and like took some trips and, and did some things. And the funny thing is, is that when my daughter was was young, we were at a beach on Lake Michigan and she was spent the whole day playing with rocks. Um, and Katie did the art. And this looks an awful lot like my daughter and she never saw the picture. So it's just weird how like life worked out because I'm like, you know, that could be my youngest daughter. Um, and it also has a friendship angle to it too, about how, you know, sometimes when you pick up a rock, it looks kind of gray and boring, but inside there's like all the sparkly crystals, like a geode. And people are kind of like that too. You might not be super impressed with someone initially, but they might have a lot of cool stuff going on inside. So this one was totally from, real life. And several other of my books too are just seeing something and going, I wonder what I could do with that. That's wonderful. What could you do with that? What could you do with that? Now you had mentioned um, that the character on the back of the book looked a little bit like your daughter when she was mm -hmm. young. Do any of our creatives here want to share, do you, have you included someone in one of your stories from your life or something in one of your stories from life? Um, a lot of times um, through the work that I've done, I hear it called as author winks. So you might have, you know, a blue jay because they're your favorite bird or something for children to look for. So does anyone have any author winks that they'd like to share with the audience? I have one little one. Um, I don't have a copy of this book with me, but I wrote a book called See You Someday Soon. And there's a cat that makes a very brief appearance. And I named the cat Clarence because that was my grandfather's name. Um, and so I know that. I'm not sure anybody else would. And I've got another book where I've got a character named Marvin, um, which was my other grandfather's name. So I kind of like worked those two things in there. 
Oh, what a nice legacy for your grandfathers, right? They're they're in a book, Marvin and Clarence. Fantastic. How about you, Scott? Um, I think there's little things. In video games, we would call these Easter eggs where you you could find these things and it's very exciting, uh, like a prize. Um, But um, I feel like I work that into all my books, like little things that like from like friends of mine and, and little like little moments and little toys and little little because I like when you can discover little things so but I would say in hug machine we had um uh, for a while we had a little dog that was exactly like this little guy um it's a little Jack Russell dog and his name was Stephen um so Stephen since this was a very important book to me Stephen made a little appearance in this book so but there's I feel like there's quite a few in in my books and you said that you um, sometimes they were in in reference to a friend of yours. So would you send the friend a book and say, "There's something special for you in here"? <laughs> you know what? It's like there's so much that I kind of forget. <laughs> I, I, that's a really good idea. I probably should. I should write them down. I just um, there's. I think it's also subconscious. You know, just everything kind of comes comes. You, you put yourself and you put your friends into everything you're doing. So, um, you know, I I would like I would like to make. Um, rooms and places where I would like to live. And I like to kind of populate it with things that remind me of my room, like in uh, zombie in love, like it's obviously all zombie themed stuff, but like there's things in this thing that I would like to kind of have in my room or things that remind me of like my little video game thing or like my little organ things, but turning it into like a zombie version of that thing. So I think there's just a lot of, you know, I think you can't help that really, but you know. It's really neat. And you should write them down because kids find those things fascinating. I know. You should. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I'll go through all the books. I'll okay. make little- write it on a piece of paper. <laughs> okay. All right, Pauline, your turn. Um, I was just thinking, I don't have author winks. I, if What would be the opposite of an author wink? Like an author full body way. Wow. I feel like my characters are sort of me. You know, I wrote about a shy kid who is really introverted in my first picture book. And that's me. And I wrote about a kid who struggles to apologize. I just think I put myself into the characters. I think that they're just versions of me. But now I'm starting to think what could be some fun author winks in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I'm going to have to plant some for a future piece. That's wonderful. One more thing too. So sometimes like, since I only write and don't do the art, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's amazing how it works out. Like in, in Be Kind, there's this character over here. And my family looked at that and my youngest daughter, you know, spoken the way only a kid would said, mom, that's what you're going to look like when you're older. And I'm like, well, she's not wrong, you know, and I've not, I've not met Jen Hill, but yet I feel like, okay, like, you know, that could be me in a couple of years. So it's kind of funny how the art sometimes, you know, ties into your life in ways you wouldn't expect. I love that. That's awesome. Well, we are moving into our Q&A session of our um talk today of our panel and we have several questions so we I actually have three that popped up here so whoever has an answer you can chime in the first question is what do you wish you'd known when you first started your publishing journey so if someone could have you know looked to the future and giving you given you some tips of or advice what do you think that would have been How long it takes for a book to come out <laughs> you know you write it and you think okay but you know I mean it's such a group project you know because I write the words and then it goes to an illustrator and to you know, do all the wonderful art for a picture book can take at least a year I mean if not more um and then there's the editing it just by the time you sell something it could be several years before it's like out in the world on a bookshelf and I, I wasn't fully aware of that when I started 
And authors and illustrators have to have patience, a lot of patience in this job. Very good. Thank you, Pat. I think it would be to write a lot and not to feel too precious about anything, just to get it all out there. Because now that I've been writing for a while, I start to realize that there are some ideas that just don't go anywhere or they turn into something, but they're more for me. They might not be either ready for the outside world or they might have trouble finding their audience. And that's okay too. There's still this thing that I wrote and I still got things out of working on it. I learned a lot from working on it. So I think that would be advice I would give my earlier self, which is just not to worry too much about landing on the perfect idea and and that it has to become the perfect thing, but just to, you've got that spark, just start writing and see where it goes and be flexible about trying lots of different things. But it's all part of the journey. My calendar this morning said progress over perfection. So it's all part of that progressing forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I very, very much feel that same thing, like having things, uh, not being too precious about stuff, but also like um, I remember um, knowing also when to kind of move on from an idea. If you're pushing so hard on something that you think should be, should work and should be a good idea. And it's just not going anywhere to just take a break and do something else, you know, because like when I was working, um, cause I had a book that I was working on about tacos that I spent an entire year on and it was a rhyming book and it just wasn't working. And like we made the tough decision of like, this is just we're pushing too hard on this and let's take a break and just loosen up. And then that's when I came up with hug machine. So it was like, mm -hmm. like when you loosen up and kind of take a break from that thing that is really stressing you out, you never, you don't know when something will inspiration will come and the loosening up thing really kind of helps, you know, don't try to force something if it's not feeling right. Thank you, Scott. This next question kind of, uh, I would say goes into left field. Um, so this question is asking, what are you reading right now? Do you have a favorite book? I'm going to put a plug out there. I don't know um, the ages of all of the classrooms that we've got, but if there are any um, upper elementary kids, um, I just read and we read it I read it first, and then my husband and eight-year-old read it for a bedtime read, Leva at Last by um, Sarah Pennypacker. And it was amazing, super funny and quirky and just such a great read. It's a semi-illustrated, short, um, like early, late elementary, early middle grade novel. Thank you. And I like... I pulled two of my favorite books about friendship that aren't by me. Um, the Love Letter by Annika Aldemey Denise and Lucy Ruth Cummins. It's just this beautiful book about a bunch of animals in the forest who are friends and they find a letter and they don't know who wrote it and who it's for. And each of the animals thinks, well, maybe it's for me because it's a letter about, you know, how much the other person likes them. And it's just a great, great book about friendship. And then... I Don't Care by Julie Fogliano, Molly Idol, and Juana Martinez-Neal. It's about friendship. And you might think it's not because the girls don't look really happy on the cover here, but it's this beautiful book about being a friend and appreciating things about the other person. And I mean, I love everything Julie Fogliano does, but this is amazing. Thank you for sharing. I just wrote those, all three of those down to get from our library. How about you, Scott? Um, well, this book came out a few years ago, and I looked up on my phone so I could show you. You might already know about it, The Bear and the Moon. <laughs> this is one of my, I think my current favorite illustrator is Katya Chen. 
She is, um, her illustrations are just the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And this particular book is one of my, our favorite books with my daughter, my fa- my whole family loves this book, but it's a real tender story. My friend, Matt Burgess wrote um, the story and it's about a bear that finds um, a red balloon and becomes friends. This is his friend. Um, and then um, really has a nice time with his balloon. And then the balloon pops. And he's so he deals with loss of his friend and um, how to how he finds comfort um, in the memories of the balloon. And it's just like, I think probably one of the most beautiful books I've ever seen in my life. Like mm-hmm. the message and the feelings you get from it. I get emotional every time. And it's just the most beautiful book I've ever seen. So that's what I would that's that's my my current favorite. It's been my favorite for a while. Well, and I'm going to take a moment here to share because I read something that I normally wouldn't read. And um, so I'm in a book club and sometimes someone else selects the book. So I read books that I wouldn't normally read. And this is um, written by RJ Palacio and it's a graphic novel. It's called White Bird. So I read my first graphic novel as an adult. And um, I would say this book is geared towards um, probably fifth, sixth, seventh graders um, because of the content, but it's a beautiful story. And so for adults paying attention and listening, I would say pick up this book and give it a try because graphic novels are out there. They are selling really well. Children are eating them up. And my favorite part about graphic novels is they are getting children who are reluctant readers to pick up stories and to enjoy the entertainment of reading. Um, Yes, I will type out the book titles and I will add them to the chat um, so that you don't miss those. And our last question for today before we, and I'm going to unpin myself, before um, we send our creatives off to go do their reading and their writing and all their creating is what are you currently working on? Can you share what you're working on? Maybe you leave out a title, but tell us about your current projects. You guys want to go? Sure. Um, I have started working on a middle grade piece um, that takes place on a drawbridge. (laughs) And that sort of was inspired by a recent family trip. And um, that's that's all I can really say about it. I'm still feeling my way through the story and figuring out each day what it's about. Good for you. I like that. I've I've got one that I actually just sold, but, you know, revisions after that, but it kind of ties into um, sort of the same theme as as the dragon book Scott was talking about. Um, The more I write for kids, the more I realize that, you know, we all know our little version of the world. We know our corner of the world, where we live, what we do. We're usually surrounded by people that are kind of sort of like us, but there's this huge world out there. And I think the really good picture books give people a wider view of the world and help them see that we're more alike than we're different. And so I have a book called Close By and Far Apart that kind of is one reader figuring out what's their place in the larger world and how are they the same as people who might seem on the surface to be be very different. Um, and so I'm really excited about that one because it's a theme I've been like messing around with for a while and now it's probably going to end up being an actual book. Yay, 2025 maybe, 2026. Uh. I don't even know they haven't assigned the illustrator. I haven't even signed the contract. Um, but yeah, 25 or 26, I would say. Write probably. that one down, everyone. Write that one down. Thank and you. And the title could still change, but right now it's close by and far apart. Yeah, cool. I actually have something I could talk about, but I mean, I can't talk about the specifics of it, but um, um, because you're talking about the the graphic novels, I have uh, I signed a deal earlier in the spring of, of the, um, 
a young uh, a children's um, graphic novel series that I'm working on, um, which I, I don't think I could say the name of it or anything. That's but okay. it's just, it's Lisa. Well, I mean, they must be talking about it soon. But I, we've already started. Um, I mapped it don't out. Don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Out. But I, but um, so I've been doing a lot of research on the graphic novels. Um, so I was gonna say Pluto Rocket is a wonderful one. But um, so it's somewhere in between. I would say Narwhal and Jelly and Dogman. It's like kind of sits right here. I would say. And um, how is that challenging you as an illustrator? Is it coming naturally, or is it really pushing you outside of your comfort zone? Well, I used to do a lot of comics. I maybe I didn't I didn't mention that I did comics in the past. Um, and um, this is actually from an, a series I did from an anthology from many many years ago in two thousand tens. So um, I I love it. It's obviously it's a passion of mine. Comics have always always been a passion of mine. So that's one of my favorite ways of telling stories. So um, yeah, it's great. I I love it. So <laughs> it's good to be back doing it. You know. So wonderful. Uh, boring these characters and developing a world it's a strange world this one it's not our world i'll say <laughs> maybe well, it is no. <laughs> you never know as yeah. we wrap up today i'm going to ask um to share this is going to come from the top of your brain each of our panelists to share the name first name only of um one of your friends from childhood as we send children on their way to think about what are the things that you value in friendships and to really think about you know friendships as something that you build and something that you also fix they're like those tools build and fix it's not just about building but there's definitely work that goes into friendships so Childhood name of a friend of yours. I will begin. Kimmy. Mine is Jen. And in my house, we call her oldest friend Jen, not because she is actually very old, but because she and I have been friends for almost 45 years. Oldest friend Jen. My sister Pam. Pam. <laughs> Pat and Pam. I would say my friend Daniel, that we've been friends since first grade. Fantastic. So there's something in those friends that um, is important because these illustrators and authors have kept that friend around for many, many, many years. So thank you so much for your time today and for sharing with our students and our writers here. We appreciate you and we wish you the best of luck on everything you're working on. Thanks thank you so everyone. much. Everyone. Good to see everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.